You won a game with six picks. Won a game with six picks. And here's a great story. So after about the fourth one, I walk off the field. Coach Jim Donnan comes over, puts his arm around me and says, Chad, we don't have anybody else. Don't worry about getting benched. Just keep throwing, man. It'll be okay. <laughs> this podcast is presented by Visa, a network giving small businesses tools to grow. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their businesses and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network giving small businesses tools to grow. Welcome back to Beyond the X's and O's. And today we have an awesome time with Chad Pennington. And his story is so cool and it's special to me. I, I really enjoyed this this conversation because we were peers. We played against each other. Uh, and when you're playing against a guy in the NFL, you're studying the other guys. And and we really studied Chad a lot. He's one of the all-time great anticipatory passers. Uh, what I mean by that is a guy that throws people open. Uh, he was more talented than people gave him credit for, but he wasn't a high horsepower guy. He was a mid-horsepower guy that um, really laid the ball out there early, threw guys open, find the weaknesses in the defense. He was, he was a great football mind, too. Uh, and he talks about where that football acumen came from. He's a son of a, of a football coach. Dad was a football coach for over 30 years. Uh, really took an academic approach to the game. Uh, talks about growing up in a wing T offense, but what he learned from playing in the wing T offense and uh, goes to Marshall as a skinny 6'2", 175-pound kid and gets thrown into the fire as a freshman, starts fourth on the depth chart. <clears throat> and he talks about how he ends up being the starter that year and they have a fantastic season. Uh, really an incredible career at Marshall. Uh, it tells this fantastic Randy Moss story, uh, which uh, you'll you'll roll your eyes. You won't be able to believe it when, when you hear it. Um, his pre-draft process, uh, getting to the Jets, not thinking he was going to go to the Jets, he was going to go to the Steelers or the 49ers, ends up going and playing for the New York Jets. And uh, that transition from Vinny Testaverde to Chad Pennington, the, the Herm Edwards 2002 season, you play to win the game. He kind of gives a backdrop to why Herm said that uh, and the context around it. Um, and then kind of gets into this career at Miami, talks about the Wildcat being busted out in Foxborough uh, and with his time in Miami. And then we kind of settle on kind of this life lesson, uh, this football life and what he's learned from it and how he's giving back. And he's become a high school football coach. So obviously that's dear to my heart. I'm a high school football coach. Uh, and he talks about the fulfillment he's found in that. Uh, he took on one of the hardest jobs there was. There was no football at the football at the school he took over the football program for. So he's had to build it from, from the dust. Um, get to coach his son, Cole, who's now gonna go play quarterback at the University of Marshall. So a lot of meat on this bone in this conversation with Chad Pennington. and I can't wait for you to get to hear it. Welcome in Chad Pennington, one of my all time favorite um, peers that I played against, a guy that I admired forever. So Chad, thanks for doing the show, man. Absolutely, Trent. Thanks for having me. Well, we start, kind of every show, we start with the grassroots stuff. Uh, and there's a couple different directions you can go here. I uh, grew up in Knoxville. You played at Webb School in Knoxville. 
Uh, talk to me kind of through your growing up dual sport athlete, quarterback, what Friday nights were like in Knoxville, just kind of package what your high school experience was as a football player. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even before high school, I grew up on a Friday night bus. Uh, my dad was a high school coach for 30 years. My heroes growing up were his high school football players. Why? Nice. Because I could talk to them. I was in the locker room with them. I was the ball boy. I rode on the Friday night bus and there was just no better experience to experience Friday night lights like that. I was in the coaches meetings. I hung around the field house all the time. So that's where I really developed a passion for the game and watching my dad interact with his high school players and just the impact that he actually made. And so in eighth grade, I was attending a public school in North Knoxville Halls Middle School. And my dad felt like I needed to stay back a year for maturity reasons, development reasons. Couldn't do that in a public school because I didn't fail and I wasn't young enough. So I went to Webb for a year thinking that I would come back to Halls and had a great experience at Webb my eighth grade year as I repeated. And I asked dad if I could stay. And so he and my mother, who's also a school teacher, made the sacrifice, worked summer camp, sold fireworks on July the 4th, did whatever they could to help pay tuition so I could have that private school experience at Webb for the next four years. And so those four years really set the foundation for me academically, taught me how to write, taught me how to uh, study, take independence and ownership of my own education, which really made my college transition much smoother. And then I was able to be a multi-sport athlete. I was able to play football, able to play basketball, would not trade both of those experiences for the world. Uh, just really helped me mature and learn how to compete in different arenas and things like that. And so really coming out of uh, high school, wasn't highly recruited. Uh, you know, I had a, a, my dad being a coach, had a friend who had two players at Marsh University at the time. Uh, one of those was a receiver and Tim Martin that played at Saudi Daisy. And he had come down the summer before my senior year in high school and, and through, through with me, he'd come in to visit uh, his high school coach and needed somebody to throw. So I went over to throw with him. And then he went back and reported to coach Jim Donnan at the time, hey, there's a kid down in East Tennessee you may want to take a look at. And so I went to camp up at Marshall, and then the rest is history. But from a high school standpoint, just had a really great multiple sport, great academic experience at Webb School. What was a Friday night like at Webb School? Like, what was Friday night lights like? Well, you know, uh, high school uh, in those days, first of all, we started out in just AAA, right? Had three classes. And then my sophomore year, we moved to five classifications. And so we were placed in a district that had Harriman, Sweetwater, Oneida, Oliver Springs. We had the likes of Jermaine Copeland. We had the Upton brothers at uh, Sweetwater. Our two state champions came from our district. So it was really, really tough in that district, uh, but it was fun. We had a, a great experience. What was really cool, my high school offensive coordinator, Clark Wormsley, my dad was his coach at Lake City High School in the 70s. So that was kind of a neat relationship and something cool that we talked about a lot. Of course, when we played Anderson County, he wanted to beat Anderson County really badly. And then everyone knows Coach David Meske, a huge wing T guy. That's what we ran. And one of the great stories when I was a junior, Coach Meske had to miss two games uh, because of back surgery. So Coach Wormsley and I put in empty. And we didn't even <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't even run the wing tee course. We were playing Sweetwater and Rockwood. We had no chance of winning, so we we're going to have some fun with it anyway. So we had a great time on Friday night for sure. 
So a couple of things I want to drill deeper into uh, with your high school experience. Number one, now I know you played in the NFL, what, six, three and a half, 225-ish, is that about right? Right, right. How, what, what were you in high school? Because there's a lot of kids that get frustrated because they're not fully grown in, in their high school careers and they get frustrated with that. What was your size? Well, exactly. I, I graduated at 6'2", 175 pounds as a senior. Yeah. Uh, my son, who's a senior now, is right now he's 6'2 and a half, 205, and he's 30 pounds more than me. And so that is something, Trent, that I think, especially today's athletes, it's very difficult because these colleges are recruiting at such a much earlier age, and there's so much development that goes on from your junior to your senior, even yes. into the first year of college, right? Yes. So when I left Marshall, I was 6'3", 229. That's what I weighed in at the combine. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, look at the difference going, you know, coming in at Marshall 175 and leaving at 229. It's unbelievable. That's incredible. And also, I want to talk about the dual sport part of it. So you're a big time basketball player. And I know you mentioned it briefly. When you're talking about your high school career. Uh, how much do you value those lessons learned from playing hoops? Oh, completely value them. First of all, with my dad being a PE teacher, I had a, a key to the gymnasium. I was a gym rat. Basketball was actually my first love. I loved the game of basketball, uh, lived in the gym. And, you know, as I progressed through high school, wanted to play college basketball and just saw that there were more opportunities moving into my senior year for football than basketball. But those experiences I will never trade. Um, being able to uh, lead, you know, being a quarterback and then being a three guard, uh, you know, learning how to lead in different arenas, learning how to lead different people that I didn't necessarily play play with in football I had to lead a whole different group of, of players and so uh, those are some just competitive times that you learn how to compete in different arenas learn how to take and accept different types of coaching because the coaching is a little bit different and I would not trade that uh, for anything I think uh, you know we, we're so much into specialization nowadays I'm 45 and barely know what to do with my life <laughs> much less asking a 16 17 year old to specialize and figure it out I think it's very difficult the one thing I've noticed too, uh, and tell me if you've seen this, because you've been around quarterbacks forever, you're coaching him, your son's a big time quarterback. I see bas guys that play basketball, especially. I'd use hockey as another sport. Um, much better spatial awareness, uh, especially in the pocket. Like you were one of the great pocket manipulator quarterbacks. You look at these guys that really know how to work that small space. They don't get freaked out by bodies around them. Typically, it goes back to hoops or, or hockey. Is that something you agree with? Do, can you see the, the carryover from basketball on that? Yeah, completely. Uh, footwork. And, and really, uh, we forget to talk about the efficiency of footwork, right? We, we get caught up in how fast it looks or how, you know, how athletic it looks. A lot of the time, especially at the quarterback position, learning to how, how to be efficient in the pocket. Sometimes less movement is better than more movement because yeah. more movement can sometimes put you in another problem, right? And so you just barely need to miss that three technique, not jump over and now you're, you're dealing with the five technique on the, yeah. on the rush in. So learning that spatial awareness is really key. Vision, uh, you know, as I watch my son play, play basketball, he, he takes his quarterback skills and really applies those on basketball floor like he leads he's not a great ball handler but he leads the press because he sees things so well uh and so that really crosses over too as far as vision anticipation uh another thing that you got to understand in basketball which then leads to playing playing the quarterback position timing anticipation vision footwork all those things really play a part it's amazing with all the guys we've talked to hall of famers um so young guys 
uh, it's been a common thread talking about these other sports, basketball, especially, but like Mac Jones, right? Lacrosse and soccer, two sports have really carried over and you can see it in his game. How much Mac have you watched this year? I have watched Mac and the, the cross reference. I wish we had lacrosse growing up. That's such, yeah. you talking about a sport that yes. combines all kinds of elements, physicality, footwork, yep. passing, hand-eye. It's an amazing sport and really goes well uh, for football players. I actually was introduced to lacrosse when I was drafted with the Jets. You go to Long Island, Friday night was about lacrosse. It went about football. And so, you know, but uh, I have watched Mac and it's been really fun to watch his progression. Still got a long way to go, but you can see there's things there within his foundation that are going to make him successful in the future for sure. I got introduced to it. My daughter went to Notre Dame out of high school, played volleyball. So I'd go see her. And when I had an extra day or something, you know, Notre Dame has great lacrosse. I had never really been around it being a West Coast guy. And, and I fell in love with that game. And I see so many parallels, uh, football and lacrosse. Uh, it's crazy. All right, we'll, we'll put a bow on this high school time. And it's been fun hearing the different answers from different guys through this series, talking to quarterbacks. But your first varsity start, um, nerves, any great stories, first touchdown pass, was it ho-hum? Like I've heard the whole gamut. Give me kind of your first varsity start and anything that sticks out. Oh, wow. First varsity start in high school. Boy, you're taking me all the way back to, let's see, the fall of 1992. I love We're it. playing uh, Von Orr High School. Von Orr High School uh, from the sticks. They come to Webb. I think <laughs> I was four for four. You know, in the wing tee, we weren't throwing very much. Nope. Four for four, had a touchdown pass or two. I remember Ryan Chen catching a, a fade ball down the right-hand sideline. So it was a pretty good opening uh, day for me, much different than my college opening day start, I will, I will say. So that was uh, – and that was actually a great year. We, uh, uh, we were still in – that was right before we moved into that 5A classification. So we were still in uh, a, a different – we were in a different division conference, and, and we went nine and two and went to playoffs. And so – but that first start, Von Or the Von Or Blue Devils, Yeah. So that, that takes me way back. <laughs> I think that's as detailed, the four for four, the fade down the boundary. Like, I think you remember your first start more than most guys. All right, let's put a bow on the high school stuff. And one last thing, just uh, on your recruiting, you talked about Coach Donnan, by the way, a dear friend, incredible man, great coach. Outside of Marshall, was there anything else? Or were you was that kind of your only option? Yeah, so right before Marshall, uh, leading up to that point, that summer before my senior year, it was Middle Tennessee and Tennessee Chattanooga. Uh, those were the two. FCS offers uh, nothing else. You know, here I was, 6'2", 175, couldn't bust an egg with a football, you know, just developing a little bit, learning how to lift, all those different things. This is before a lot of the resources came about that high school quarterbacks now have at their disposal nowadays. Um, and so – that, you know, when I went to Marshall, experienced that camp, uh, my whole goal coming out of high school was, hey, I wanted to play college football, but I wanted to play. I wanted to be, contribute with my team, be on the field, whatever that level that was. Wasn't just interested in running through the tee at Tennessee or running through the smoke somewhere else. I wanted to go have that student athlete experience. And so when Coach Donnan offered me that scholarship, I said, listen, you know, my dad, as my dad and I talked about it, and my mom and dad went to Marshall. My dad played uh, college basketball and football at Bluefield State and then finished up at Marshall just with his degree. They're both from Southern West Virginia, but it, it never was something that was high on our list to go to Marshall or whatever. But when we looked at it, we said, listen, this is 
you know, here they are, tops in the FCS with Youngstown State and Boise State at the time, those type of programs, Georgia Southern. And, you know, we felt like I had a chance to compete. I had a chance to contribute and, and, and eventually uh, have a great opportunity to be on the field. And so we're like, let's do it. Let's just make it. Let's go and let's trust it. And that's what we did. When we get back from our first break, we will talk about Chad's illustrious career at Marshall. And I bet you there's a pretty good Randy Moss story in there. As well. we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be right back. This podcast is presented by Visa, a network giving small businesses tools to grow, overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their businesses and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network giving small businesses tools to grow. All right, so you walked us through it, became Marshall, uh, but you also kind of teased in the first segment that your high school start, your first high school start was pretty good, but your first college start may have been different. So let's not forget to talk about that. But you show up in the University of Marshall. You said it was a high-level FCS school. Um, talk, walk us through, because there's so many kids that watch this show that are just getting ready to go experience this, and they go through the recruiting process and. They, the schools make you feel like they want to marry you. And then you That's show right. up and you're like, well, wait a second. Are we dating? Are we married? Do you even know how I exist? <laughs> like, talk me through your first, uh, let's call it six months at Marshall. Sure. So, okay. So I, I go up there in the summer uh, after the senior year's over uh, for about three-week period, uh, throw with the guys, get, get kind of get used to it. Uh, went to Marshall fourth on the depth chart you know, and, and expected to be redshirted. Um, but I wanted to be there, and that would be my one piece of advice to any of our guys that are looking to play college sports in general. Make sure that you want to go to school there and that you're mm -hmm. going to enjoy that experience as a student because at any time, the athletic part can be taken away due to injury or whatever. Amen. And if you don't enjoy going there, you're going to be miserable. So don't chase that logo. So I was lucky enough to have family there, some family that I was just getting a chance to know, actually, but felt supported there. And so as, as we move into fall camp, having a good camp, but I'm fourth on the depth chart. Uh, the third uh, string guy transfers. So now I'm number three. By game two, the starter goes out with an ACL. Uh -oh. Now I'm number two. <laughs> game three, we're playing Georgia Southern. The starter goes out in the first quarter. I'm in. And so wow. here I was starting fourth on the depth chart. You know, try, I'm 185 pounds now. What are you, 19? Small. You're 19 because yep, you 19. got healthy. Yep. And so um, here I am, Georgia Southern, second quarter. I'm rolling with the ones. <laughs> We're going. And so we uh, have a great performance. We win 37-7. to seven. The next week I've got to go back to my home state of Tennessee, go back to Chamberlain Field at Tennessee Chattanooga. Played uh, Terrell Owens uh, and the Mocks down at Chamberlain Field, a place that Marshall hadn't won there in like nine years. My Let's first go. Yeah. yeah. I am fired up. Six interceptions. How you doing? <laughs> um, but threw three touchdowns, and we came back and won the game like 35-32, something like that. You won a and game so, with six picks. Won a game with six picks. And here's a great story. So after about the fourth one, I walk off the field. Coach Jim Donnan comes over, puts his arm around me and says, Chad, 
we don't have anybody else. Don't worry about getting benched. Just keep throwing, man. It'll be okay. <laughs> so that oh, was my wow. first start. Yeah. So that was, and, um, you know, so we work our way through that debacle, win the game, uh, end up going 12 and three, making it all the way to the one double national championship game, lose to Dave Dickinson and the Montana Grizzlies by two points on the last second field goal. And that was my freshman wow. year right there in a nutshell. Holy smokes. Now there's a lot to drill into with that freshman year. I had no idea you were thrust into playing that quickly. So it, it was a matter where they loved you or not. They needed you. So no, that's right. By default, you ended up earning their love because they needed you so badly. Talk to me after that six interception game, even though you came back and, and won, what lessons did you learn going back in that locker room the next week after throwing six picks as a 19-year-old freshman? The rest of the team's got to be spinning, saying, what's, what's going on here? What lessons did you learn from that? Well, first of all, I, I felt like I proved my worth and my salt to the team because I battled through that adversity and helped lead us back to victory. That was one. Uh, the interceptions, when I went back and looked at them, they were small, simple freshman mistakes. I read man, the receiver read zone, and he sat down and I threw it right to the corner. You know, little things like that that were completely correctable. And I think that my teammates, you know, talking with some of my, uh, my receivers at the time, when we talk about those experiences now, they always say, hey, we knew you had it. We, we, we saw your anticipation. We saw your timing. We saw the things that we knew would make you successful and quite frankly would get us the ball as receivers. You had those things. They just needed to be developed. And so that was something that, uh, you know, after coming out, out of that experience, that's what we worked on the rest of the year, the timing, the anticipation, me being able to decipher between man and zone, me being on the same page with the receiver, when he's going to sit down, when he's going to run through the quarters defense, all those different things. And that's where my Friday night bus experience really helped me as a freshman. I had some football acumen. I understood the game, even though uh, I wasn't quite there and definitely quite wasn't ready physically the mental capacity, I could really absorb the volume of information and make it work. Yeah, you actually, you answered a question I was getting ready to ask was wing T in high school, she didn't throw it a ton, but growing up in the back of a bus, growing up as a ball boy, growing up as a son of a coach, even though you didn't play a lot of, let's call it real quarterback in high school outside those two games where you put an empty, um, did that experience help you? as you got into college and now you're asked to be a volume thrower and, and dissect defenses and multiple formations, and multiple pattern concepts and so forth? No question. The wing T actually helped me uh, understand uh, play action, mm -hmm. how to hide the football, mm -hmm. uh, how to use that to my advantage. So that was one thing that the wing T did. The wing T also taught me how to throw on the run. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, when wing T, it's trap, sweet, boot, trap, sweet, Wild boot. boot so yeah. Right. So you're, you're, you're throwing on the run. Now, my dad's experiences really helped open me to understanding defensive play, coverages, understanding personnel, and just listening. You know, and, and sometimes I didn't even know what I was doing, but I'm just sitting there listening as they're watching on the old 16-millimeter film. You know, they're watching those cut-ups and talking through schemes and things. So I was able to develop. Uh, a little bit of football acumen. And then finally, I really loved from a football standpoint as a quarterback, I love throwing 
guys open. I love that challenge of leading guys into the next window and seeing those windows come open without that guy being in there. That was one of my things that I really took pride in, trying to do different than most, you know, quarterback that had an arm that could throw it through the wall. He had to wait for that guy to get in that window. I'd go ahead and throw it in that window before the guy was there. And that's something I took pride in. Yeah, I want to get into a bunch of that stuff. I want a bunch of people to learn from you uh, after our next break. I want to really dive deep into anticipation and footwork and eye work, eye manipulation, because you were a guy that I studied. You know, a lot of us uh, in our generation, we kind of thought you were the best. I think Kurt Warner kind of came in and he even took it to maybe another level. Uh, but you were the guy that would lay the ball early, like you said, throw guys open, look guys off. So I definitely want to get into that, but I don't want to stop with the Marshall stuff yet because you got to experience something that very few people got to experience, and that's an undefeated season. Um, in 1999, you guys went 13-0. and 0. Going undefeated is incredibly hard. I don't care if it's Little League football, high school football, any level, it's brutal. Was there any signature moment from that year where it got – crazy hard like you're like wait a second there's no way we're going to pull this thing off or was it smooth sailing no it, it was definitely there were some bumps in the road and you're right regardless of level or what you're playing to try to go undefeated is man it's hard and it, it can't be taken for granted luckily uh in 96 i was redshirted that year we had a change in coaches jim donnan goes leaves and goes to georgia bob crook comes in from florida and randy moss transfers in uh, we had an undefeated season that year as I was redshirted. We went 15-0. and 0, So I had a little bit of a snapshot of what to do and how to handle an undefeated season. So my senior year, I think there were two moments that stood out. One, our opening week, we go to Clemson and uh, beat Tommy Bowden and, and Clemson Tigers down in Death Valley. Uh, and you're talking about adversity. We Our last drive, we go uh, for a 76-yard drive. We went 124 yards. What? Because because of penalties. the penalties. Yeah. One official threw 11 of the 17 penalties against us. He was suspended by the ACC the next year or the next week. Uh, Clemson fans were coming up to us after the game, congratulating us on winning because they know that we were, they tried to hose us. That feels like my high school games that I coach in, but go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that was a, a great just a snapshot of really trying to overcome adversity, not worrying about what you can't control, focus on what you can control. We win 13 to 10. That catapults us into the season. And then we get to the end of the regular season. We are 11 and 0. We're moving into the MAC championship. We're playing Western Michigan, who we beat earlier in the year, 31 to 17 at their place. They're coming to our place for the MAC championship game. 23 to 0. We're down with eight minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, Marshall fans are beside themselves. They're leaving the stadium. They're mad at us. We then run off 27 straight uh, points. We get up 27 to 23 with 12 minutes left in the fourth. Tim Lester and the crew at Western Michigan, who he's now the head coach he's there. He's head Western coach, Michigan, yeah. A great quarterback, had a great college career. He leads them back. They grab the lead 30 to 27. So we get punched again. And so then we've got to drive. you got that – in an undefeated season, you're going to have a drive that you've got to make happen to keep your undefeated season alive. And that was the drive. And so we drive down with about two minutes left. We go on down, seven seconds left, third down on our own three or four-yard line. We score, uh, and, and we end up winning 34-30. to 30. Uh, And then that catapulted us into going to the Ford Motor City Bowl for the third time 
because that was the only bowl that, you know, there's not all these bowls like there are nowadays. But And we ended up beating BYU, who was a really good team, and finished 10th in the nation. But that drive in that MAC championship game, wow, you're talking about adversity and, and really having every reason just to say, you know what, it's just not going to be our day. But uh, we had a very resilient team, and we fought through it. It's incredible with, with what detail you remember some of these things. I'm really impressed. Um, you, because you have such a great memory, obviously, you got to remember a great Randy Moss story. Now, I got to work <laughs> with him at ESPN, so I think he's wi wildly misunderstood. He is one of the kindest people, uh, loyal. Um, I, had, I loved working with him, but he's obviously a, a big personality, and there was mm -hmm. a lot of attention around him at the time. What's your best Randy story? Best Randy story. So there's plenty on the football field, but I'm going to actually take you to the pool. So one day during uh, two days, uh, we have a little time off. We decide to go to Gullickson Hall and mess around in the pool as teammates. And there's a there's a springboard there. And so Randy jumps up on the springboard. Here he is, 6'5", 215 pounds. First one does a gainer. Just as smooth as silk. We're like, what just happened? And so does a gainer, like, okay, pretty cool. Gets up on the next one and jumps off the springboard. And he's in midair. It looks like it's going to be a normal dive. And he flips his body over in midair and turns it into a back dive. No splash, no nothing. <laughs> so we were, just, we were just in awe. And that was one of the great things. Like you said, first of all, highly misunderstood, ha has had the limelight on him since he was 12, 13 years old with the old Scholastic Sports America. Remember that show with Chris I Fowler? Do. I do. Uh, he, and, and so then he, you know, he was burned by the media a couple of times. So he kind of built a shell around him. But like you said, like once you earn Randy's trust and he knows that you're with him, man, it, it's unbelievable. We had such a great relationship then and still do now. Uh, but just to watch him, Randy's one of those guys that whatever he does, golfing, fishing, football, basketball, it's, it just comes natural. And he makes it look so simple. And he's highly competitive. One of the greatest periods during Marshall football practices was to be part of the one-on-one -on -one period. You're talking about competing. I mean, he, it was unbelievable. He loves to compete whatever he's doing. And that's what I've always respected about him. That's awesome. I was in a conversation the other day about greatest athletes of all time, and you get your Bo Jackson right. Deion Sanders comes up, and I brought up Randy. I was like, he didn't play that other sport, but he probably could have. Like, of all the people that could have no played question. in the NBA and played in the NFL, I think Randy's on a very short list. You got to do something else that not very many people get to go, and you got to go to New York City for the Heisman. Um, just touch on that, what that experience was like. Uh, tradition. Um, or uh, just football. I remember going to the downtown athletic club and, and walking into the elevator and to go to the Heisman room, you don't push the number, you just push H and it takes you to the Heisman room. And, and that's an old club has a lot of history. Uh, then you go into the Heisman room, you walk in, you see all these pictures of the Heisman winners and you get a chance to talk with the Heisman winners, both young and old. Uh, what an amazing experience for me to be able to represent Marshall University, uh, to be able to basically go there on the back of a guy like Randy Moss, who was there two years before me, um, and to represent our university. You know, for us, we are the winningest football program in the 90s across all levels. We won more football games at Marshall University wow. than anybody. 
And so to be able to culminate that with the 99 season and be up there with the likes of Joe Hamilton, Drew Brees, Mike Vick, and our winner, Ron Dane, that was a lot, a lot of fun. The other thing you did in college, I don't think a lot of people recognize, is you're a two-time academic All-American with an incredibly high GPA. I want to say like three-eighths or something. Is that correct? Right. Yes, three-eighths. Uh, what, what was it inside of you that made you compete in the classroom as, as much as you did on the football field? Because not, not a lot of student-athletes are that way. There's some good student-athletes to get that 3-0 number, but very few push that 4-0 number while they're playing big-time college football as well. Well, uh, it's a great question. You know, I was fortunate to win the academic Heisman, the, the William V. Campbell Trophy, which meant a lot to me because some can be great students. Some can be great athletes. Can you do both? That's tough. That was a huge challenge for me. And in my house growing up, it wasn't that academics was over athletics. It was whatever you're doing at the time, you're all in. It's 100%. You're competing. And it's related. And what I try to tell guys, being a great student made me a better football player, gave mm. me an edge in the quarterback classroom because I learned how to take notes in the classroom. And so giving me an edge in college and especially in the pro quarterback room was because of my note taking. Mm. I took better notes. I could absorb more information. I had a library right there in front of me that I could go back and access because I learned how to be a great note taker. That happened in the classroom at Webb and happened in the classroom at Marshall. And it, then it translated in me being a better professional quarterback. Amen. I'm going to clip that segment, just play it on a reel for our football team, because I'm starting to sound like a broken record. How being <laughs> a great student, a great human, uh, being the best at everything you're trying to do pours over into the football bucket. It makes you a better football player naturally. So I'm glad you said that. We're going to go to a second break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Chad about his pre-draft process and his awesome career in the NFL, as well as what he's doing right now, where he's influencing a ton of kids as a high school football coach. We'll be right back. Beyond the X's and O's is brought to you by State Farm. Just like State Farm offers surprisingly great rates for your car insurance, I want to share with you a surprisingly great moment from my career, and it came from Super Bowl 35, and it came actually when I was playing terribly. I started off the game brutal, couldn't hit anything, missed Brandon Stokely wide open on a crossing route, and Jabal Lewis in the flat. I didn't have enough energy. We're at a TV timeout, sitting there in the huddle waiting for the play call to come in, and we substitute Sam Gash onto the field, and Sam Gash my favorite teammates of all time comes up to me, grabs me by the chest plate and says, we need your juice. We need your energy. You're not yourself today. I said, you know what? You're right. And immediately I had that spark. The hair in my arms stood up. And that was the series through the first touchdown to Brandon Stokely of Super Bowl 35. And that's why I love the journey of the quarterback. There's so many surprisingly great lessons to be learned from this unique position. And remember, whether you're a Super Bowl winning quarterback or an armchair QB relaxing happily at home, State Farm provides coverage that meets your needs at a price that fits your budget. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> 